0: Good morning. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a part of our worship time. And thank you for supporting ministry here at Mount Zion Baptist Church. We're in the middle of a series that we're calling Diagnosing a Healthy Church. And from the book of Acts, we've looked at what we believe to be six things that that Jesus instructed us and said, if you want your church to be on fire, if you want your church to be dynamic, if you want your church to be in line with who I am and my mission, then here are six things that we think ought to be a part, ought to be a priority in what's going on. We've looked at those and we've said that as we walk through them, it's discipleship, that's helping others to become independent followers of Christ. It's fellowship, it's the body of Christ coming together It's also um, evangelism, where we go and tell people the good news of Christ. It's worship, where we come together for no other reason than to give adulation and honor and glory to Him. We said it was also prayer, where as a church we come together and we cry out for the needs of our community, our nation, our world, where we cry out for one another and we come before God and say, Father, here I am. Make me as you are. And then today we're going to talk about missions. Missions is this idea of reaching people. It's going and telling people. But let me tell you, in the back of this worship center today, there are seven different opportunities for you to get involved. There's Calvary Refuge, which provides food, shelter, Um, Transitional housing to displaced people. There's the Georgia Diagnostic and Classification Prison Ministry where it's located in Jackson. But you can be involved in as Mount Zion we are involved in helping young men who are incarcerated to know that there is a God in heaven that loves them and it provides opportunities for them to worship. There's also located back here a ministry called Hope Works. Um, Garfield is um, the representative to that. And we have been out on mission trips where they provide support and physical support, emotional support, spiritual support to widows in our community who have need. There's the Jonesboro Pregnancy Care Center. It's to support young women during pregnancy and after pregnancy to help them see that there, there are options available and there are opportunities for them whether it be to deliver the baby and raise it or whether it be to give the child up for adoption but it's an option to say you don't have to go the abortion route there is life We have Open Gym represented back here. That's a ministry here in the church that we use to reach out to young people in our community. To say, here's a place that you can come. We'll love you. We'll walk beside you. We want to introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also have women on mission. We've seen them work through making mats for the homeless. We've seen them making dresses for young girls. And next year they'll have other projects that we will be able to impact and influence people around the world but there's also Samaritan's Purse back here and that's how we function with Operation Christmas Child in fact it's almost upon us when we'll be able to collect boxes go and actually serve and communicate the gospel to people all over the world God's listen to me There is a way, a place, an opportunity for you to be involved. Sometimes that opportunity is giving money. Sometimes it's giving time. Sometimes it's just bringing a talent that you have to this building or to a ministry opportunity. But we can and we are involved. We are making a difference in our community. And when people say, where are you? I want to tell them every day, we are in the highways and the hedges. And we are telling people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we are supporting ministry and communicating the gospel all around here. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about missions. And remember what I told you. Jesus placed us in the people business. He said, I want you to go be my ambassador. I want you to go be my voice. I want you to be the one that goes and tells them. And therefore, if Jesus made people our business, we must always ask the question, how is business? How are people? Are we aware of what's going on around us? Do we drive by the needs in our community and it becomes so familiar that we're not touched? Jesus said, don't do that. Look and see, recognize, get involved, be a part of what's going on in and around us. Well, if we're going to talk about missions, if we're going to talk about ministry, then I think it would do well for us to define it. Missions is the intentional crossing of barriers from church, not Church, little church, but church, big church, the followers of Christ, to non-church, those who are not followers of Christ, in word and deed to provide access to the gospel. The intentional crossing of barriers. Now, what are barriers? Language, education, socioeconomics, um, ethnicity. There's a lot of things that can be a barrier. And we as Mount Zion Baptist Church who are called to be the light of the world must identify the barriers then we must work diligently to cross the barriers so that we can sit down with people and teach them who Jesus is how much he loves them and how they can have a personal relationship with him it takes effort it takes communication it takes love it takes caring it takes time Because I'll tell you, I believe with all of my heart, one of the greatest mistakes we've made in American Christianity is we would go to a people and say, this is what Christianity looks like for me. Therefore, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you must look like me, act like me, dress like me, talk like me, walk like me, sing like me, and everything else. And that is not the case. The gospel transcends culture. We take the gospel to the culture and say Jesus is the answer. And then we say in context of your culture, in context of who you are, where you are, and who God made you to be, we want to tell you about this Jesus who left heaven and came to earth, who lived a sinless life, who died on a cross, who was buried in a tomb, who rose again and ascended now to the right hand of the Father to forever make intercession for you. He left us this word. And we want you to live this Jesus out in your community, among your people, among those that you identify with. That is missions. But now let's talk about missionaries because all of my life, when I heard the word missionary, I was like, I'm not getting on a boat and I'm not getting on a plane and I'm not going to go live somewhere that I don't know where it is and miss the things that I want to have. Can I tell you that that is a missionary? And there's some amazing people that God absolutely calls to do that. And we support some fantastic people who are on the other side of the world telling people about Jesus Christ. We've got an aviation pilot who flies people in and out of medical emergencies all the time. We've got a young couple who is living in Kenya working with the Maasai people who started out just trying to be able to say Jesus and they've gone from saying Jesus to building a school and gone from building a school to building a home uh, for children who are orphans. And now they are absolutely in the middle of involved... Involved in building a clinic so that people can have good medical care. man. we support some amazing people who that is who they are. But I want to tell you, missionary is much more than that. Missionary defined as Christ followers. Are you a Christ follower? You're a missionary. Okay. Christ followers who engage in cross-cultural service with the purpose of sharing Christ. Ministry is when I hang out with people who are like me and we already have the same understanding and we serve one another. Missions is when I step outside of who I am into where somebody else is with the love of Christ and I say, let me tell you, Jesus really is the answer for you. That's a missionary. And guys, listen to me. Every single one of us is called to be a missionary. We would understand it as the priesthood of the believer. The one that we don't need a go-between. We don't need somebody to communicate between us and God. And we know that He speaks to us. And as He speaks to us, He calls us to speak to other people. So we have missions. We have missionaries. We have that defined. So let's take our Bibles. With that as our backdrop, let's take our Bibles. Let's turn this morning to the book of Philippians. And look at what I absolutely believe to be the very best example. And that's Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. It will be on the screen behind me. And if you want to follow along in your Bible, I'm in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ... If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do you see what he called us to there? One in spirit and of the same mind. He didn't say act alike. He didn't say talk alike. He didn't say dress alike. He didn't say you all have to be exactly the same. What he said was be united under one spirit, the spirit of God. And of one mind to make Jesus famous. Really that's all he said. Then he said as you are this be like that. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility value others above yourselves. Did you know that a lot of our world's problems right now could be solved? If we just simply looked and said not me but you that I will love you, that I will esteem you, I will honor you, I will recognize you, I will value you. Man, what people are crying for, Paul is screaming. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset of Christ, who, being in the very nature of God, Did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. But by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, because he did all that, therefore... God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Join me praying. Father as you have given us this word. Would you give us through your Holy Spirit your truth. God would you cause us, compel us, motivate us. To have this mind, this mind of Christ that emptied himself of all that he was. To become all that we needed. So that we we could become all that you created us to be. Jesus, help us to recognize it. Help us to see it. Help us to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. Matthew 22 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Man, he's telling us here to love people. And what I hope to do today is I hope to dispel a common misconception that ministry is for pastors, deacons, and life group leaders, but to tell you that missions and ministry is for you, it's for us, it's to be as we go throughout life every day, wherever God's placed us by education or by profession or by groups that we're affiliated with. He says, be my light to the world. We're to be servants. And if we begin to break down the scripture, he says, I want you to be servants of mankind, those who do not know Christ. I want you to be servants of members, those who are in the family of God. I want you to be servants in ministry, those who are in our church. And he says, I want you to be servant of the master by joining him in the work that he's called us to do. So what are the steps to living like Jesus lived? I think from this passage of scripture that we can identify Five of them. The first one I would tell you is this. That we must love others unselfishly. Philippians 2.4 says, Let each one of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. We are living in a world that says, If I don't fight for mine, ain't nobody fighting for me. Therefore, I won't have it, so I got to get after it right now. As followers of Christ, we're called to a radical way of thinking that says, If I die to me, if I give up me, and I pursue him, that he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And he says, If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things are added unto you. So really it falls into the level of trust. Do I really believe God in His Word? Do I really believe that if God tells me that if I die to me and live to Him, that He will put me where He wants me to be? He said, I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope. So will I today trust Him to put other people ahead of me, serve them, and begin to be for them... Jesus on earth. Now, I'm not saying we are to be Jesus, but we're to represent Christ in our life. Paul says that I don't want you to do that out of vain conceit or selfish or any of those kind of things. In fact, if you went back to chapter 1, you would see some places that were in rivalry, were in competition. You see, we have seven ministries represented back here. We have ministry represented here at this church We're not in competition to see who is this and what is that. But we're in one goal, one mind, united for one thing, and that's to make the name of Jesus famous. Some are going to do it in a crisis pregnancy. Some are going to do it when somebody's displaced from their home. Some are going to do it through a box of gifts. But it's the one mind It's making Jesus known. It's being out there. True humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. He says, I want you to be humble. I want you to have humility. I want you to walk around and not saying, what do I need, but what do they need. And God, how can I make you known to them? Look for the interest of others. We have the promise of God that he will look after us. He will take care of us. He says, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. If you're serving me and your burden is heavy, come to me. I will give you rest. We must love others unselfishly. But you see, it's not only the loving others unselfishly that he calls us to do. But it's also the idea of we must be willing to give others all that we have. Look with me at verse 8 where it says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus The preexistent Christ, the one who was before there was, who was equal with God, to bring the most glory to his Father, he said, you know what, I will empty myself of that position. I will empty myself of my position of being equal with God as the region of heaven, and I will leave this, and I will go down there among the... The squalor, the sin, the the brokenness, the pain of the world. And I will walk among you. I will live sinless. I will represent God to you so that when you see me, he said, you'll see the Father. You'll see how much he loves you. We must be willing to give all that we have. When I walk onto the campus of a church. When I walk out the doors to do ministry, the mind of Christ, the the attitude of Christ would be not what's in it for me, but what must I do so that others will know? How can I give? How can I serve? How can I put away my preference? How can I set aside what may be the the absolute thing that is best for me? But if I can give that up and it will bring somebody else to Christ, then I ought to bring it as an offering and lay it on the altar and say, God, here it is. And the mind of Jesus would say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Not my desire. Not what I want, but I want what you want. God. God. And I'm going to tell you something, great opportunities often disguise themselves in menial tasks. The little things in life determine the big things. Don't spend your time looking for the great things. Just do the things that need to be done and trust God for the rest. I had a conversation with someone here at the church the other day and I simply said, Hey, will you run go do that? I had my hands full. It wasn't that I didn't want to do it, but I was doing one thing and another thing needed to be done. And the person looked at me and said, well, I would, but that's not my place. I was like, woo wee shame on you. <laughs> that's not my place. What is my place? Paul said, I have become all things to all men that by all means that I might save some. So my place is to do whatever it takes to make sure that it gets done. That means if I'm walking down the sidewalk and there's a piece of trash, I pick it up. That means if I see someone in need, I respond. That means if there's an opportunity, I'm available. God may not want me to be there but a second. But God, I'm available to you. We must be willing to give all that we have. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have eternal life. A future with a purpose. But he also did the mundane things as well. You remember when he sat down with his disciples and he washed their feet? But he also stood in the temple. I mean, don't you know that just given preference, he would have rather been out in the street making the blind see and the lame walk and the deaf hear? Don't you think it would be a lot more fun to walk into the graveyard and holler, Lazarus, come out! And we got dead men walking. And when that's what it was the need, that's what he did. But when there were dirty feet, he got a towel. He gave all. We must give all that we have. I would say that it's not just we must be willing to give all that we have, but we must also focus on our call and not our position. Go back with me to verse 5. In your relationship with one another have the same mindset as Christ, who, did not, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Jesus is God. You don't need to mix that up, mingle that up, mess it up in any shape, form, or fashion. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, coexistent, coequal, co-equal, all God. But in his place in the Godhead, in the Trinity, God the Son, before the world, before the foundations of the world, it was predetermined that when man stepped away from God by sin, that he would step away from God to become a man, to become the sacrifice, so that we could have eternal life. Do you understand? He had absolutely the power to say no, he's God. He didn't have to. Nobody like twisted his arm and said. You got to get down there and you better do it right now. No. He willingly. And the scripture says in the fullness of time. When that which was determined before the foundations of the world. When the moment was right. He entered the body of a virgin. He became man. And he was born. And he was born so that we could have life. He abandoned his glory and he took the form of a bondservant. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. We must do whatever it takes to serve them. Are we? Are we willing to do whatever it takes to reach our community? And I want to tell you the the answer that flows off my tongue is yes, but then I start thinking, but what about, and what about, and what about, and what about, and what about? And it's those whatabouts that we need to take and hand them to Christ as an offering and say, Jesus, I don't understand all the whatabouts, but I do understand your ultimate purpose was to see men and women and children come to you and acknowledge you as their Savior. I know that you came to heal the brokenhearted. I know by your stripes we are healed. And God, you have called me to be that ambassador. God, you have called me to be your hands, your feet. You've called me to be your voice. And so God, whatever my whatabout about is, I give it to you. And God, today I doubt of my what about. So that somebody will come to know you as Savior. Which, by the way, I need three or four volunteers tonight for Open Gym to serve food. You can be here at 6.15, 6.30. You'll be done by 7.30. Amy's sitting right there. You can let her know. And uh, that's an opportunity to serve the community tonight. We're going to serve them food. It'll be here. You let her know, and there'll be people here playing basketball. We can feed them by the way, FYI. That's a little side note right there. Focus on our call, not our position. What has God called us to do? You know, it's not always pretty to serve. But I will tell you this, that if you walk to each one of these tables before you leave today, and there will be a representative at each one of them, and you say, I'm on my call, I'm not my position, I want to serve. How can I serve? They will tell you at that moment, this is how you can get involved. Every one of them. We want to be known as the church that when you need something, call us. Number four, we must remember our identity. Philippians 2.6 says, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation. Jesus could do a task that was beneath him and take a position that was below him because he knew who he was in God. When I know who I am in Christ when we know who we are in him we can take the most menial task and make it an absolute worship service to the glory of God the Father. Because we don't look and say, oh look, there's him, he's picking up trash. No, I'm not a trash picker up. I'm a servant of the Most High God. Doing whatever it takes for people to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to the Father but by him. You hear me? We have volunteers that come every week and clean our church. And I want to tell you, I am so grateful, because that saves about 15 to 20,000 dollars a year, whatever it takes to be the voice to this community. We need to remember the identity. We remember we're loved, accepted, affirmed by Him. We don't have to prove our worth and can willingly embrace opportunities of service that insecure people might reject. You see, when my identity is connected to Jesus and when I'm doing what He called me to do, it really doesn't matter what you think. Or what others think. All that matters is the one who is my king. The one who died on the cross. The one, the scripture says, who bought me with a price. The one who gave it all so that I could have eternal life. All that matters is what does he think? Is he pleased? Is he looking and saying, well done, my good servant? Will he say, I finished the race, I fought the fight. Yeah. That's what makes the difference. That's where it comes into. We must remember our identity. But let's don't stop there. We must think of ministry as an opportunity, not an obligation. Philippians 2.8 again, it says, He humbled himself and he became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He became. He chose it. He decided. He humbled himself. It's an opportunity. Do you understand whether we're serving at Calvary Refuge or at Jonesboro Pregnancy Care Center or the prison or Women on Mission? doesn't matter where we're serving. It's an opportunity to show the love of Christ. It's an opportunity to... To reach people, it's an opportunity to walk beside individuals. One man said, there are two kinds of people in the world, helpers and non-helpers. I thank God He allowed me to become a helper. In helping, I found everything. Jesus said in John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, him my Father will honor Father, is there any other way? God said no. And Jesus said, Nevertheless, not my way, but your way. So that all men can be reconciled. I look sometimes and I see different ministries that are happening in and around here in Atlanta. And it looks posh, plush, rich, amazing. And I'm like, Hey, God, if we could have some of that every once in a while, that'd be really cool. But you know, for this season of our life, that's not the thing that he's called us to. It's not the thing he gave us. But I know this, that when you're faithful in what he's handed you, that he'll be faithful to keep you. And what a privilege it is to serve this community. What an opportunity we have to walk beside people. So maybe this question. For you to answer on your outline or just in your head. My ministry inside the church is. What are you doing? God called you to be a part of this body of believers. He called you to be a part of this group of people known as Mount Zion Baptist Church. What is the ministry you have inside this church right now? Second part to that question Are you taking that ministry and doing it as unto the Lord? If it was time for your annual review, would you be excited? Or would you be like, can we postpone that one? We are a volunteer organization with a high and mighty calling from God. And it takes every one of us. And when God put you in this body, he put you here. There's many members, one body, and he absolutely put you here on purpose to bring who you are to serve him to the best of your ability so you need to answer that question what is my ministry inside this church and am i bringing as a sacrifice of praise as an offering to him and then maybe the other question that we have to answer because he told us to be his people in the world my mission outside the church is is what are you doing outside the church? What is your mission? When you are going on your day, how are you using what God called you to do to further His kingdom? And I do think it's important to, to quantify that. I do think it's important to list it. Because what gets measured gets improved. When I measure When I know my direction, I then have something to measure it against. Am I doing it? Am I doing what God called me to do? You say, well, I don't know what it is. Well, when you don't know what to do, you do what you know. Find you something and get involved. And I will tell you, anytime I hear a message like this, My response is Amen. That's what the church ought to be doing. But I realize that the call of God is not just Amen, but I'm in. I'm involved. I'm here. Amen. Yes, it's the truth. But I'm in. I'm going to step across. I'm going to make the difference. You can count on me, I will be involved. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. I, us, all of us, are confronted with an undeniable call. A call to serve God. A call to serve the people that Jesus died for. And I hope he never lets us forget it. Are you in? Thank you for listening to today's message. To learn more or to contribute through online giving, please visit www.mzbc.org. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, simply click on the sermons tab. Or subscribe to the Simple Truth Podcast through iTunes. Thank you for supporting Mount Zion, where you are welcome, wanted, and needed.